0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL. The brand new Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) This is the Raiders Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor, Marcus Mosher.
1: Welcome into the program. I'm Ryan O'Leary, alongside, as always, Marcus Mosier of the Raiders Wire. And uh, Marcus, it's hard to believe we're on our sixth episode already. I'm hoping we get some more. COVID's starting to take over the NFL, right? Especially here in uh, New England, where I'm from. So, crossing my fingers, in the thought of potentially losing football this year is becoming more and more real, and I'm starting to lose my mind, honestly. I'm, I'm on edge right now.
2: Yeah, it felt like we were a little overconfident after the first three weeks right. and how well they went. now now uh, that we had a game postponed, and it seems like we could get a game maybe potentially forfeited with the, the Titans and now the Raiders have a couple positive COVID tests. Right. Uh, it's starting starting to get a little sketchy here.
1: Right. So this is a backup defensive tackle Maurice Hurst who's been placed on the COVID list. So what do we know from Raiders country right now is it, it seems like they've gotten some negative press which I want to get into later about the uh, fundraiser obviously Darren Wallet that was for a really mm. good cause. I think there's some eyeballs on the Raiders right now right to to make sure that there's not going to be some type of outbreak going on.
2: Yeah and with Gruden not wearing his mask during the game and it constantly tic- it off, You know, he's already been fined a bunch and now the Waller story and then Maurice Hurst getting COVID. It, it hasn't been great. And the Hurst one hurts because he's been actually one of their better defensive players. He's been the fourth rated interior defensive lineman. According to pro football focus, he's been backing up Malik Collins, uh, who has been absolutely atrocious this year. Uh, there were some thoughts in the organization that maybe Hurst would start this week ahead of Collins. That obviously won't be the case. And then we got the report this morning from Diane uh, Rossini from uh, ESPN. That the Raiders had another player test positive, so as of this podcast, we're not quite sure who that is. But it appears the Raiders could be in the middle of an outbreak, and that's always terrifying.
1: Oh, it's so terrifying! It's I'm starting, like I said, I'm starting to lose my mind, and it's starting to be like, what's the over under on the NFL making it through the season right now? It's starting to yeah,
2: starting I mean, work, I'm starting to worry. They're, they're going to push through regardless, right? There, there's just no way they're going to cancel all these games, right. so they're going to find a way to <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the NFL. They're going to find a way to get these games played. It's going to be ugly. The, the games are going to be sloppy. We might. Not know who's on the field. There could be games with ten players out that are all big names.
1: Like we might see Keanu Reeves playing quarterback, right? The replacements. <laughs> I might have to fire Love that. It. I have to fire that movie up this week. It
2: couldn't be worse than Brian Hoyer. So there you yeah.
1: go. Well, speaking of uh, speaking <laughs> of ugly football, the Raiders. uh you know, They're playing tough teams, so it's hard to get on them too bad. They've had some injuries, just like every other team, right? But they're shooting themselves in the foot a little bit, and they're turning the football over in the fourth quarter, which has been an alarming trend, right? And they're doing enough to hang in these games, but they're not doing enough to beat these good teams, and. I I think we saw that obviously with the bills they were in that thing it was 17 16 Mm. in the third quarter right they're right there until waller fumbles that football which was that was tough that was the kind of the point where i think the game changed right and the bills pull away for that 30 to 23 win so that's got to be like the source of raider frustration right marcus just like constantly being so close but then shooting yourself in the foot in the fourth quarter not making plays on offense and then not making any big plays on defense either like the bills did to swing momentum
2: yeah when you're gonna play this ball control style of offense where you run the ball on every single first down. You try to protect your defense. The last thing you can do is turn the ball over, especially when you're in the opponent's you know, scoring territory. And that's exactly what the Raiders did twice on Sunday. Darren Waller had the fumble. Uh, Derek Carr had a fumble late in the fourth quarter. He had another fumble that very well uh, should have went against the Raiders uh, in the first half. So they can't afford to be making these kind of costly mistakes. So we'll see. This week they play Kansas City. I, I'm not, not sure that's going to be much better. They're going to have to open up their offense a little bit. But with some of their injuries at receiver and then on the offensive line, they just don't have the firepower to match up against some of these top-tier offenses.
1: Yeah, and a couple of key injuries, obviously, on the receiver group, especially Henry Ruggs. It feels like when you're throwing to Waller and Renfro all the time, that's tough. You need somebody else that's really going to threaten the defense right on the outside. And I think, it, right. like we said, like they had to score 27, 30 points to win this game. We were right on that. We said that last week on the podcast. They got to score in the high 20s, low 30s at a minimum. They were stuck at 23 in this game. Probably left some points on the field, right? Like they yep. gotta find ways to score points. And for me, I get worried when a team like Buffalo obviously just try to take the run game away, right? They really focus their efforts on stopping Jacobs, daring that offense to beat him through the air. I like that game plan kind of more than what the Patriots did to the Raiders when they really Mm -hmm. focused their efforts on Waller. I kind of like what the Bills did. Like, take away Jacobs, force Carr in the offense to go down the field. As you tweeted, Carr doesn't like to throw it down the field, right? He he likes to throw it short. So, man, I like that game. Take away Jacobs.
2: Yeah, and to... The car's defense a little bit. The receivers that are on the field aren't really burners between Nelson Aguilar and Zay Jones. Now, both of those no guys played well, but they're complementary receivers. They're not number one and number two guys. So once they get back Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, I do expect them to be a little bit more aggressive down the field. But again, those guys just aren't going to be able to beat a team like Buffalo consistently. So uh, I thought the Bills had a great game plan shut down the run, force the Raiders into long third downs, make Carb throw into some tight windows. And he did it for the most part, but he he just didn't make quite enough plays to keep that offense going
1: how much do they miss rugs marcus in this game
2: I mean, a ton. their their whole offense is really based around rugs, being able to stretch the safeties and keep, you know, extra defenders out of the box and keep guys away from Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So um, without him, you know, there's nobody on the roster that really has any vertical speed. It might be Darren Waller might be the fastest player on their offense when rugs is gone. So it's, it's a pretty brutal loss this early in the season.
1: I want to talk about the defense in the next segment. So I'm going to save all those questions, but what do you think of Waller's game? Like it was a great play by Josh Norman on the bills to punch that ball out, but man, like that's your that's your best offensive player fourth quarter like you can't lose the football in that situation you just can't right I, I hated that fumble that was such a turning point in the game i wanted to get your thoughts on yeah how big of a that, moment that was
2: that's one of the things with waller still being a relatively inexperienced player you see all the athleticism and the talent but you just got to know situation football right you can't be fighting for that extra half a yard there protect the ball get down uh, Lived to play another down, so it's one of the learning, you know, the growing pains that the the Raiders are going to have with this young team. But uh, hopefully, it doesn't come back to bite them at the end of the season. And that's, you know, this this loss against the Bills isn't what keeps them out of the playoffs.
1: This kind of popped in my head earlier, and I forgot to say it. And as we're watching ESPN and. Adam Schefter's tweets to see, you know, make sure that the Raiders are okay here with COVID. No one's chin is protected better than uh, Gruden's chin with a mask, <laughs> right? That thing is just like completely protected from all germs and all like particles and all that. Oh man,
2: Gruden's going to get this team in so much trouble for not wearing his mask and constantly pulling it down to yell at the officials. He he might need to go to the two mask sc- strategy that we saw Bill Belichick utilize on uh, Monday night. So, uh it would not be surprising to me at all if Gruden gets this team, you know, losing some draft picks or, or whatever because it's it's becoming i mean it's it's a kind of a joke but it's a problem for the raiders
1: all right more from the, the madman gruden here coming up we'll be right back
3: fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends
0: sit them start them these are the fantasy picks of the week it will kill me if this game ends on a tie i need this win. this game's pretty much done with Corey bonini from the Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com
4: here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for Week 5. Quarterback Teddy Bridgewater faces the Atlanta Falcons, which is the worst defense of quarterbacks through four weeks. Atlanta has many injuries on the back end, and Carolina has plenty of ways to exploit this defense. It has been so bad, even Nick Foles threw three touchdowns and a half just a couple weeks ago. With Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers on a bye, consider Teddy Bridgewater as a viable starting quarterback. Jacksonville Jaguars running back James Robinson has the best matchup in the 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 league for rushing yards generated Houston has given up 651 yards on the ground in four games including six rushing touchdowns that's one every 20 carries in addition running backs have added another touchdown through the air there's no telling how Houston will respond to the firing of head coach Bill O'Brien this week but what we do know is this is a prime matchup to be exploited and Robinson should be a running back two in all redraft lineups Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Zach Pascal has a fine matchup of his own the Cleveland Browns have given up eight touchdowns in four games against wide receivers. Names on the list include the likes of Willie Sneed, Mike Thomas, no not to that Mike Thomas, and Dontrell Inman. As you can see, that's not exactly a high bar to cross. Pascal will have some ups and downs and Philip Rivers has struggled, but this is a great matchup and he's playable in a pinch. Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Eric Ebron comes back from their premature bye week to face the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a fine gamble for owners who are looking for a fill-in tight end or even a flex play. Philadelphia has permitted the position to score once every six and a half catches, which is the fourth highest rate. Just four teams have allowed more yards and more catches to the position in 2020, and a little extra time to prepare works in Pittsburgh's favor. Be sure to stay up on the latest news and notes, especially with COVID-19's impact on fantasy football. For more information, check out thehuddle.com. Uh, John, as far as
0: the pass rush goes, um, you know, are there mistakes there, or just guys not winning one on one battles? Is there a, a finger you could put on, you know, the, the lack of pass rush up to up to now so far?
4: It's never good enough. You know, your pass rush is never good enough, and right now ours is not good enough. And we're going to continue to work at making it better. Um, I'll say this. Yesterday, we did a lot of things to control the pocket to keep Allen from scrambling. That's uh, where a lot of their big plays had occurred. Our guys did a good job of being disciplined and not letting the quarterback escape and create second uh, reaction scramble plays. So that was a, a reason yesterday, I think, that the rush wasn't as as good as perhaps it could have been uh, because we did want to be careful in containment of the quarterback.
1: So lots of heat right now, Marcus, on uh, the play of the defense, on defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. And uh, actually, I think Gruden, uh, didn't he put Gunther in timeout, sent him up to the press box for this game?
2: Yeah, and the the relationship between Gruden and Gunther is interesting because I'm not <laughs> sure that they they necessarily mesh together in their philosophy of how to win football games. But interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think Gunther might not be long for the Raiders. Uh, the defense has been pretty awful over the last two and a half years. Whenever they faced a good opponent um, or a playoff team, they've given up 30 points in each game against the playoff team. It does feel like they had their new defensive coordinator in the wings, waiting in Rod Marinelli. But unfortunately, I don't think he's the solution either because he runs a very similar defense to Gunther. It's not a lot of creativity. It's a lot of your man has to be there, man. I just don't think this talent level and the coaching staff is good enough for the Raiders on on that side of the ball. So it's going to be a problem all year long. It's just the team is hoping that the offense is good enough to
1: overcome it now that was a little tongue-in-cheek when i said gruden sent uh Gunther to the press box as a punishment i guess i guess gruden said he wanted his defensive coordinator to see the field better uh, okay which, which, sure you know sure. that seems like an indictment <laughs> to me a little bit yeah but you just think it's too vanilla right marcus that's kind of what you're saying and, and you look at it and like the stats back that up like the raiders only have four sacks all year that's a crazy mm. stat. That's crazy. You see teams yeah. get more than that in each, each game.
2: Yeah, so Gunther isn't a blitzing defensive coordinator. Again, he wants his four guys up front to win their matchups. He likes to utilize a nickel defense on every single down. When you have a subpar defensive talent and you've got guys that are missing because of injuries, you need to be able to mix it up. You need to be able to confuse a quarterback a little bit. And unfortunately, that's just not what Paul Gunther's defense uh, does. You know, When he was in Cincinnati and they had first-round picks all over their defense, of course their defense worked but now that he's playing or now that he's coaching a team that uh, is kind of trying to piece together a defense over the last couple of years they're really struggling.
1: Man, I got a feel for you. Between the Cowboys and the Raiders, you're not seeing very good defensive <laughs> football Marcus.
2: Oh man, it's 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 been a rough first month of the season, let me tell you that.
1: Well look, it's some of the same things are plaguing the Raiders that are plaguing the Cowboys. It's, Absolutely. it's the uh turnover differential and especially in this fourth quarter. I pulled this stat. The defense has created zero turnovers in the fourth quarter while its offense has lost four fumbles this season, so that's minus four in the fourth quarter. And you look at a team that's two and two, and that's sticking with pretty good teams here. This is what's holding you back from being three and one, being four and zero. Oh.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, I don't know who on this defense is supposed to be the guy that creates turnovers. Yeah. Right? There, there's no blue chip talent on this defense. They were hoping Corey Littleton coming over from the Rams would be that. He's been arguably the worst linebacker in the NFL this year. He just has not found his rhythm. They went and signed Malik Collins from the Cowboys this year. He's been atrocious. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) Jonathan Abrams is up and down. Damon Arnett's been out with a thumb injury. It's just not a very good defense right now.
1: That's the story. They brought in all these guys to fix the defense and they haven't fixed anything, right? That's the story. Correct. These are the guys they brought in. So what can they do, Mark? I mean, there's a few guys on the streets out there. I guess Snacks Harrison got gobbled up, but there's some guys on the street. Like, should they look at trying to fix this?
2: Unfortunately, I'm not sure there's it fixable. I'm I'm not sure it's fixable. What the Raiders are going to rely on is they have a lot of young talent between Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby. And Abram and Trayvon Mullen, they're hoping over time that a lot of these guys that are in their second and third year continue to improve. Again, I don't, I don't think there's any one guy in free agency that you can grab and hope that they, you know, change the defense. I think you're just hoping that these young guys take the next step up. But if they don't, it's going to be a problem all year long.
1: How the hell do you stop Patrick Mahomes and that (laughs) juggernaut over in Kansas City? So uh, I guess this is we have our work cut out for us, Marcus, to figure that out. We'll do that in our next segment coming up. We'll be right back.
0: It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
3: Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of Sportsbookwire.com and Slippin Podcasts, and I'm joined by my colleague, Jeff Clark. Here's what you need to know to bet on Week 5 Sunday Night Football matchup between the Minnesota Vikings and Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are favored to win by seven points at home. Seahawks plus seven road dogs over under 57 and a half points. Jeff, I know we're both on the Seahawks to win this game and cover the seven points. How do you feel about that over under? Yes, and I'm on the over in this game. Both the Vikings and the Seahawks have gone over the total in three of their four games this season. The Vikings have scored 30 plus in three of their four games. And the Seahawks have scored 30 plus in all four games. Also, a nice little trend here. The over is cash in four of the last five Seahawks primetime home games, with the other game being a push. Overs are abundant in the NFL this season. The sportsbooks are starting to take note. This 57.5 figure, way too high. Sunday night football matchup, boosting that up as well. Check out sportsbookwire.com for more with all odds from BetMGM Sportsbook. Subscribe to BetSlipping Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review.
1: All right. So as we talked about, Marcus, this is driving me crazy with COVID kind of sweeping through the NFL, and you know I'm freaking out, and I'm got the jitters, and you know I'm losing, I'm sick to my stomach. I feel like I'm mm. going to lose football. And there's no line for this game because we don't know if the game might get postponed, or we're waiting to see all these COVID thing, the tests come out for the Raiders. So there's no line, but we can say this: mm. the Raiders are underdogs against the yeah. Chiefs, right? They're heading to Kansas City. As you're doing your work for the Raiders wire here, like what's your lead takeaway? Like how do the Raiders hang in this game? You can't give up 50 points and you can't be vanilla on offense, right? You're going to have to figure out a way to hang with them and score. So like, what are you writing about? What's, what's your keys to this matchup?
2: Yeah. So a a lot of people have asked me how the Raiders could potentially stop Patrick Mahomes this week. And the answer is always, the answer is always the same. If I knew I wouldn't be doing this podcast with you right now, right? I'd be, I'd be be, be in the NFL coaching staff. You should be though. uh, Yeah, The the only way that the Raiders can hang in this game is they've got to be able to run the ball. And I do think that's something they should be able to have success with. We saw New England last week with Damian Harris and a mishmash offensive line. They were able to run that ball and stay in the game. I think the Raiders have a better offensive line. I think Josh Jacobs is one of the best running backs in the NFL. So if they can control the clock, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, and this is the key, they have to score touchdowns when they get in the red zone. They can't kick field goals and beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. You have to score touchdowns have long drives, and then hope that you luck into a few turnovers, right? As great as Patrick Mahomes is, there'll be two or three throws a game that, you know, maybe you have a chance to make a playoff. We saw last week against New England, you know, he did that early in the game to, to McCordy. They just didn't make that play. If the Raiders get those opportunities, they have to capitalize. They have to turn turnovers into points. And that's the, the strategy. The longer that they can stay in the game, the more their confidence will grow that maybe they're able to steal it. But this is one of those games where if the Raiders get down 10 nothing, 14 nothing early, they just don't have the offense to come back. They, they're just not built that way. So the game script and the game flow was going to be very, very important.
1: Agreed. And if they do happen to get a a rare sack and Mahomes fumbles... (sighs) Let's hope the referees let them get the ball. No, no, let me, I'm sorry. Yeah. As we've mentioned on the you're still podcast, a little
2: bit better. on, yeah, that, on that one, aren't you? you
1: know, just for those listening, I live out in New England, and I I still have my Patriots pajamas on, and I'm still upset over that game. Uh, not that that had. Don't blame do. you. Was, Don't blame me at all. That was terrible football the Patriots played. My God, but they were right in that game, as you're saying, Marcus. So like, it's not like the Chiefs are like this unbelievable thing that are unbeatable. They were definitely beatable on Monday night. Now they're on a short week, and
2: they've got flaws. That's the thing is yeah. they have flaws. Yeah, and if yeah. You can if you can capitalize on their mistakes, you'll give yourself a chance. We saw that against the Chargers, right? The Chargers should have beaten Kansas City in week two. Absolutely. I I think the Raiders are a better team than uh, Los Angeles, so they're not unbeatable.
1: Yeah, and Marcus, kind of like what you were saying earlier, I would just I wouldn't even put Daryl Carlson on the plane. Like I'm obviously kidding, but like don't even (laughs) kick a field goal. Don't even like you know what I mean? Like if it's fourth and short from anywhere inside the thirty, just go for it. They gotta get out of that mindset. Like you said, like they got to score at all costs. Don't uh, kick a field goal.
2: And unfortunately, we've seen Gruden be far too conservative this year. There was a there was a moment in the game against the Bills where it was a fourth and two inside the twenty yard line and Gruden opted to kick the field goal against Buffalo, who has been great on offense. When you're down there in scoring position, you have gotta to score touchdowns. I'm hoping Gruden learned in that game that field goals only get you beat. So I agree with you. Daniel Carlson cannot be the star of this game. It's gotta be it's gotta be the offense. When you score touchdowns, consider going for two. You gotta gain as many points as possible. We'll see how aggressive the Raiders decide to be in a game where they're pretty clear underdogs.
1: All right. I was just watching a Bill Belichick presser and he has like the neck mask up over his nose, but he also has another mask on. It kinda of- looks like a piece of gauze over his nose underneath the other mask so Belichick should call Gruden right they got to get on the phone we got to control this COVID thing because we got to have a game this weekend got to have a game to break down next week
2: yeah, I think he needs to go with the Andy Reed style mask. It just he doesn't yeah. have to mess with it. It covers his whole face, but he can still yell at the players and they can see his anger and his facial expression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. That's one. the way you need to go, Groude. Yeah, come se- on.
1: Seriously. And, and Reed might have a couple extra ones over there. Just that, it, uh, didn't, yeah. it didn't look good the first week with the fog, you know, the Andy Reed fog yeah. fog mask, but he's perfected it. I think they poked <laughs> some holes in it or something.
2: We need you, Groove. We need you to to be responsible and save this the NFL season.
1: Hey Marcus, have a great week, man. Uh thanks, Ryan.